Housing for the Aged Action Group, Hague for short, a housing group for older people run by older people. Present Raise the Roof. We advocate for secure, affordable and appropriate housing. So listen up on the second and fourth Wednesday of the month at 5.30pm on 3CR 855 on your AM dial. Uh, that's right, you're listening to the Housing for the Aged Action Group show. Your hosts today are me, Shane, and I'm here with Pam. Hi, Pam. Hi, Shane. Um, thanks very much for listening. Um, today we're going to hear an interview with Peter from the Social Security Rights Victoria, a legal centre that specialises in uh, dealing with Centrelink and problems with Centrelink and oh. appeals at Centrelink. Uh, both of us, I think, have had some experience <laughs> dealing with Centrelink. Mm. Um, I don't... You know, probably like everyone else, no nothing positive to say about them. No. Um, you see, you told me before that you're you're not Centrelink's favourite person. No, I, I've got a question for Mr. Centrelink. Yep. Um, being a pensioner, and this is not just for me; this is from all the pensioners mm-hmm. because we've discussed it uh, where I live. Mm-hmm. Um, last in March and September, we we're supposed to get increases. Now, last September, uh, some of us saw about two dollars increase or four dollars. Some of us saw nothing. Uh, no paperwork from Centrelink. Link, no announcement from anybody, mm-hmm. and it's now March. Where's our where's our increases, Centrelink? Yeah, so I think this is like one of the the main things that that is a problem with Centrelink is the the poor communication, the lack of clarity and transparency about what's actually going on. Yeah. So it's hard to understand what your entitlements are, much less you know, what Centrelink's doing or, or what's going on. Exactly. Well, I, I feel like I'm an advocate for them sometimes because I had to introduce to my next-door neighbour who's a raise-the-roof person mm-hmm. um, or a Hague person um, about the advance payments. He didn't even know about that. Yeah. And he's in dire straits, a car's broken down and needs help. Yeah. And I had to give him all the, all the details and step-by-step step tell him what... They should be offering that to everybody. It's our money. Yeah, it's yeah. one of those things where you really have to go out of your way to find the information. Exactly. They're never going to tell you what Hidden your entitlements secrets, are. Yeah. Hidden answers, yeah. 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 I mean, the thing that drives me the craziest about Centrelink, and I guess this is a bit of a tangent from what we're talking about, is rent assistance. Yes. When, you know, the government and the, the right-wing media talk constantly about, you know, the cost of, of welfare, 100% yeah. of rent assistance goes to... Uh, real estate agents, landlords, rooming exactly. house operators, yeah. uh, the the worst ones, right? The worst yeah. rooming house operators, the ones yeah. who are criminals who oh, who uh, exactly. are operating illegal businesses. And you, you and I both they're, know about collect- an example of that. Yes, yeah, yeah. who we won't name in this context. No, <laughs> um, they're they're collecting a hundred percent of the rent assistance of all of their exactly. all of their residents. Yeah, um, it's the landlords who are the parasites on the on Centrelink, as far as exactly. I'm concerned. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah. So that's why we need yeah. more public and social housing. Yeah, um, so that those. Uh, unscrupulous private operators won't keep collecting taxpayers' exactly. money and, and preying on the most vulnerable parts of that community. Yeah. So that, that's my rant for today. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll go now to the interview. Um, so this is Peter from Social Security Rights Victoria. So I'm here in the studio with Peter from Social Security Rights Victoria. Thanks so much for coming in. No worries. Um, so the reason that I wanted to uh, talk to you today is that recently at HAG, we had a general meeting where we asked our members what they wanted from us that we weren't already providing. And apart from kind of obvious things about housing, which is our <laughs> wheelhouse, uh, the number one thing that people said is, pro- you know, we're having problems with Centrelink, information about Centrelink, how to deal with Centrelink, what are our rights at Centrelink? And of course, that's not very surprising because our members are overwhelmingly either age pensioners, disability pensioners, New Start, 
um, so on carers allowances and things like that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, very, very many of our members are reliant on Centrelink incomes. Um, so to start out with, can you just tell us a bit about like what is Social Security Rights Victoria and what do you do? Okay, yeah, for sure. Social Security Rights Victoria is a community legal centre that specialises specifically in social security and family assistance law. That is, things to do with Centrelink, basically, <laughs> but not aged care, yep. you know, that stuff. Sure. Um, and so we provide advice to both uh, workers but also to members of the general public about issues to do with with uh, social security law mm-hmm. and uh, and appeal options and and those sort of things. Okay. So, I mean, what are some of the most common problems that you see people coming to you with? Uh, biggest issue is people trying to get on disability support pension, mm-hmm. obviously, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, because once you get to a certain age, some yeah. of your you know, members are, they you can go on age pension, obviously, mm-hmm. much simpler than you can go on disability support pension. The other big issue we have is overpayments, uh, mm-hmm. so debts for want of a better concept. Yeah. Um, and so, like, is there any sort of general advice that you can give to people, I mean, either about those specific issues or, or more generally about dealing with Centrelink? Uh, yes. Uh, what I'm giving you is, is general advice. Yes. It's not legal advice. Of course. Uh, everyone has an... If Centrelink makes a decision, everyone has a right to appeal that mm-hmm. decision to what's called an authorised review officer, yep. who's a senior Centrelink staff member who's had no involvement in the case. Yeah. Uh, so that's the first thing. And the, the big thing is get everything in writing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, you, the other thing to watch out for this is that uh, Centrelink considers anything that's in writing to be a notice. Uh, so they can send you a text, yeah, and it's right. because it's in writing, it's a notice. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, most people will know how Centrelink communicates with them, either through hard copy mail or through usually through an online profile. Right. But it's important to check those regularly because Centrelink won't necessarily tell you if they've sent you a notice. Yeah, They're supposed that's right. to, but their system often doesn't mm-hmm. uh, and the other thing we always say is don't ever just take a decision uh, at face value ask mm-hmm. about it and and what your uh, and what your options are under that obviously mm-hmm. you can talk to us and we have an old saying that um, that Centlink's verbal advice is worth the paper it's written <laughs> on so yeah if something's in writing it makes a lot more sense and is much more useful yeah, of course. Um, does your work include the job network providers or just more directly with Centrelink itself? Um, in a roundabout way, yes, um, because the, the job network providers, um, the way they affect uh, a person's Centrelink payment particularly, mm-hmm. but not, not directly about the actual um, the, the, the providers themselves because they're, they're actually outside the law to some point. They're, yeah, it certainly seems like it, well, the way some of them act. Yeah, they certainly they have contracts with the Department of Employment or the Department of Social Services, uh, but they they don't actually exist in the legislation, and we base our work on what the legislation provides. Right, of course. Um, so you mentioned that one of the biggest issues that you deal with is, is overpayments, and I guess the most well known uh, sort of instance, or not instance, the most well wide well known widespread systemic failure in terms of of alleged overpayments is probably robo debt. Um, can you talk to us a bit about that specifically and what it is and what people might want to do if they're kind of caught up in it? Yes, for sure. Uh, ro- robo-debts are, uh, are based on an algorithm that the some smart person invented. <laughs> and what it does is it takes a person's a- uh, taxable income for a year and compares it to what they reported to Centrelink. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take into consideration whether the person was on Centrelink for the whole time uh, and 
what, what the information that the person provided to Centrelink in what form, just how they take the annual two annual figures and if they don't add up, which they never do, yeah. basically, they they issue a, a effectively a an investigation notice and then a robo debt. The other things that um, stand out about robo debts are that most robo debts are for people who aren't currently on payments, so they're mm. they're, they're mostly ex. People, so mostly students, mm. so I study youth allowance, things like that, and ex-New Start people. Yeah. Um, the other thing that tends to stand out that we see um, is that they're often for uh, employers that no longer exist. So they're mm-hmm. for ABNs that are defunct. We've never had you know, any, anyone who works for one of the big supermarket chains or one of the fast food chains or, or one of the kind of you know, uh, stores that, you know, Myers or somebody yeah. like that, to have had a robo-debt. They're all people mm. who used to work for, you know, cafes that don't Small exist businesses and, and, things. and all that sort of stuff. The important thing about, um, uh, about robo-debts is that almost none of them survive a, a substantial challenge. So if you mm-hmm. go to an authorised review officer, we've, we've had cases where um, robo-debts have gone from, uh, you know, $2,000 to 200 mm-hmm. and things like that. The issue with robo-debts is that they're mostly uh, issued to people who, are often now on on higher incomes, and in a lot of cases they're just paying them yeah. rather than challenging them. Basically, everyone we know or everyone we've spoken to that's challenged them has had a significant reduction, if not it go away. Because, as I said, it doesn't take into consideration the fact that you know for half the year the person wasn't on Centrelink payments, yeah. and you know they got a job, and yeah. therefore that's where the real income is. I mean, it almost seems like it's targeted to the the things that the government theoretically wants for people on welfare to do to support small businesses and to, you know, get into paid employment. Uh, th- there could be something <laughs> something in that, but yes, it's it's a particular thing um, to effectively to raise money for the government. There's no pretense about yeah. what it's actually doing. And I think uh, Victoria Legal Aid has some sort of broader challenge to the legality of robo debts that's going on at the moment. Yeah, there's yeah. A, there are a number of cases. Sure. For the VLA are certainly running one that we're aware of. Yes. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, robodebt's probably one, but in terms of the, the government's welfare policies, like are there, I'm not sure if your organisation has a kind of policy role or if there are just, you know, particular areas you'd like to see Centrelink improve or welfare law improve. Yeah. Most of our, our – we do – we have a policy view, but uh, most of our policy is done through the National Social Security Rights Network because okay. um, uh, social security policy is national mm-hmm. um, and we contribute, obviously, to that. Sure. But the the issues with us are a lot – to do with um, uh, a lot of it's to do with issues to do with automated decision making. Mm-hmm. So uh, machines, computers, in reality, making decisions without people actually looking at them and saying, "Oh, you know, wait a minute, you know, mm. this th- th- this can't be right. That person can't have earned that much money." I mean, robo debts being a classic right, example, right. Um, but also people who have their payments cancelled um, mm-hmm. because they haven't returned a document or something when they've tried to do that and. Uh, and it, it hasn't worked or they haven't yeah. been able to get that document and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, there's just the, the usual things that it's too hard to get on disability support pension. Mm-hmm. Um, and and a, a particular issue at the moment now is processing times. Right. Uh, the amount of time somebody you know takes to get on, on Newstart or particularly Youth Allowance, which yeah. is a big one at this time of year, of course, yeah. um, that's a, a, a really big issue um, and, for a lot of people. And those allowances are no longer back paid, is that right? Or am I mistaken? Uh, oh, they're back, they're, the back pay issue is no. In reality, if you apply in, in January and you're, they don't assess you till March, you're back paid then. What it was that you used to be, if you first rang up Centrelink mm-hmm. and said, I want to apply for 
youth allowance, let's use that example, uh, they'd say, well, if you get your documents to us, to us within two weeks, mm-hmm. we'll back pay you to that first date. It's now from the date that you get the documents to them that, that you're valid. But yeah. yes, the fact that it takes Centrelink a long time to make a decision doesn't make you ineligible for that period right. of time. But of course, you know, you can't wander off to the, the, the landlord and say, oh, I'll yeah, get don't some worry, money. Centrelink in, in will th- be paying me any minute. That's right, yeah, yeah. in three months' time. Can yeah. you wait? Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Um, so you mentioned it's too hard to get onto the disability support pension. Like, are there specific changes that you would, you'd like to see around that? Uh, yeah, at this point in time, the tables are very difficult. So what happened was in 2012, they brought in a new set of tables um, mm. and to make it much more difficult to get on. Yeah. Um, there's also things that you now need all your medical evidence from specialists in practice. Mm. Um, and particularly for things like mental health, it's got to be from a, a psychiatrist or a clinical psychologist. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people can't afford specialists, yeah, particularly people, long-term you know, social security recipients yeah. and that sort of thing. Oh. Okay. Um, is there advice around accessing the disability pension that, that just sort of general information about that that people might find useful? Uh, yeah. Um, this, if you uh, have a look, for example, on our website, there's some, mm-hmm. some stuff uh, about about that um but the the main thing is effectively uh that you need your medical evidence from uh specialists and it needs to clearly identify that you're diagnosed treated and stabilized and that's where most people fall over is that their their medical evidence says things like oh we've tried a couple of things but there are a couple of other things that we could try and that nearly always creates problems for Mm -hmm. you as an applicant Okay. Well, you mentioned your website, so now maybe it's a good time to, to talk to people about how they can get in touch with you or find more information. Yep. So our website is uh, ssrv.org.au, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we run a telephone advice service for members of the general public on Mondays and Wednesdays mm-hmm. between 9.30am and 12.30pm. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, 94810355. Um, we'll give out the number again at the end of the show if anyone needs to go and get some pen and paper. Uh, and we'll also put the contact details on the on the show notes on the 3CR webpage. Um, just three hours twice a week, it seems like you, you need much more funding to do the, the work that you're doing. Uh, we could certainly use a, a lot more funding to, to get the work done, but yes. All right. Um, well, thanks so much for coming in. I think that was really useful. Is there anything else that you wanted to, to say to the listeners? Just um, keep keep. Keep trying. Keep trying and always get it in writing. That's right. Always get it in writing. Um, All right. Thanks very much, Peter. No worries. Kevin Hines Grow delivers gardening and nature-based programs to people of all ages and all abilities. Our programs provide great opportunities for positive personal development and well-being. The Kevin Hines Grow Autumn Fair and Open Day is on Saturday the 30th of March, 9... Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. For more information and to donate online, go to 3cr.org.au. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. AM to 3pm at 39 Weatherby Road, Doncaster. Come along and stock up on plants at our community nursery or learn more about our programs. See you there. Kevin Hines Grow is a 3CR supporter. Rumination. 3CR's Rooming House and Homeless Persons Issues Program. Featuring information on health and housing services, as well as live 
local guests, artists and performers from our unsung community. Join us at 12pm on Thursday on 3CR 855am. Uh, you're listening to Raise the Roof, the Housing for the Aged Action Group show here on 3CR with Shane and Pam. Um, before those announcements, we heard Patti Smith with a cover of When Doves Cry, one of my favourite Prince songs. Uh, and before that, we heard uh, from Peter from Social Security Rights Victoria uh, about some of the things that you can do to protect yourself when you're having troubles with Centrelink. And I guess I wanted to emphasise that the reason we're talking about Centrelink is because it connects so directly to the, the issues of housing and homelessness that we talk about on this show. Um, Anglicare have their annual uh, rental affordability snapshot which looks at the number of properties in Australia that are affordable for people on different kinds of income. Uh, and they found in the most recent, in the 2018 rental affordability snapshot, um, they found that for an aged pensioner uh, across Australia, the number of affordable and appropriate houses for an, a, a single aged pensioner <coughs> is 1.24% uh, of rental properties are affordable and appropriate. Uh, for, a pers- for a single person on Newstart, do you know what the percentage is? Uh, I hate to think. What is it? Tell me, Shane. It is uh, less than 0.01%. Less than the smallest number they could find. Um, So sad. And, I mean, you've had some experience yourself of the kind of connection between homelessness and and Centrelink. I have. I have. Before Christmas, my stepdaughter was homeless. Mm -hmm. And um, first thing we did was we went down to Centrelink and um, told them, you know, uh, look, she's homeless. She's been kicked out by this... um, really bad landlord and uh so he gets on his computer top 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 he mm-hmm. says oh okay well we've uh, taken her off the uh, rent assistance and <laughs> so um, helpful and looks at me and i go well what else and he goes oh that's okay when she gets an address we'll put her back on centrelink again and we'll put her on the rent ad- advance again mm-hmm. and i go um well what else can you do for us he goes well what else do you want me to do and i go well are you so in other words you're here to just give out money and take money back yeah, and, well, like- to take money that, back. Know. And he goes, yeah, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, thankfully, with the help from uh, workers at uh, Hague, um, she is now in a beautiful SRS uh-huh. uh, accommodation in uh, in East Malvern, just around the corner from me, so I can oh, I can help her and keep 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 her happy. Yeah, so which is great, but that doesn't happen all the time because I've got uh, people that know about these things. Mm. I got I got uh, avenues to go to, but most doors are closed to you. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, I mean Centrelink have social workers working for them, so people can sometimes get get help know, that way. I know. The um yeah. It, yeah. So if you're if you're struggling with Centrelink, maybe it is worth asking to speak to the social worker at your local branch, although all the same problems, I guess, as normally dealing with Centrelink. Well, well, she's got intellectual disabilities Mm -hmm. and she did have a a worker helping her at Sunshine Mm -hmm. uh, with finances because she got herself into a big, big trouble with finances and that. But once she got they got her all sorted out and that, they said, well, okay, you're right, you know, we'll leave you on your own. Mm-hmm. And then she gets back into the yeah. same situation again. So, And that happens a lot with people on disabilities and things. So yeah. They have a pattern and they can't break that pattern, you know. So they need a case manager all the time, not not just for five minutes when something's happening. Yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. just yeah. lurching from crisis to but crisis. But it is good that they have got some, you know, and, and sometimes you need to ask for them. You just don't wait for them to offer 
for them because they won't give them to you. Yeah, absolutely. Find out what your rights are. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. So now is probably a good time to give out some contact information. I said before, yep. if you wanted to get your pen and paper ready, I'd give you out the number again for Social Security Rights Victoria. Um, that number is 94810355. Um, again, that's 94810355. That general advice line for the general public is open from 9.30 to 12.30, Mondays and Wednesdays, um, if you want to give them a call. Uh, if you want to give HAG a call, mm-hmm. uh, our number is nine oh see last time fiona told me i oh, should give out the one three hundred number but i don't know that one <laughs> i'll try and have that for next one give, give this the one. uh it's not the the regular local number is nine six five four seven three eight nine that's nine six five four seven three eight nine uh you can also find us on online at oldattendance.org.au uh on facebook on twitter on you know all those social media type things um, and please get in touch if you want some information about your housing options, uh, about a, a particular housing problem that you're having, or just you know ge- more general sort of information that you need about your housing situation. Or if you'd like to get involved in some of our lobbying and policy work, uh, some of our working groups and yeah. things like that. Or become a member. Or become a member, of yeah. course. It's a yeah. member-driven organisation, the only organisation in Australia run by and for older people uh, mm-hmm. to deal with housing issues. Yeah. Um, So we're almost out of time. Uh, Thanks very much for listening. We are going to leave you today with, what will we leave you with? Look at all these great songs. Um, Let's hear from Blondie. (laughs) I I like Blondie. Um, You know, Phil, our chair, has complained sometimes about the songs that I play on this show. So I dedicate this one to to Phil. I've got a good one coming up later on, in the future. Oh, later on, in in the the future. future. All right, how exciting. (laughs) Something for us all to look forward to. Uh, So, Phil, I hope you enjoy this. This is Rapture by Blondie. Thanks for listening. We'll be back. Uh, Remember, the time slot now for this show is the second and fourth Wednesday of the month from 5.30, and we'll talk to you on the second second Wednesday, sorry, of next month. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.